Hello and welcome to another edition of Addition. I'm your host Adi Adewusi. I'm a product manager at Microsoft, a mathematician, a futurist, tech optimist, artist, and creator. And I'm here every day, Monday through Friday, bringing you the news, the hot topics in tech, an update on the markets, some career advice, and let you know what I'm geeked out about this week. So before I get into today's episode, go ahead and hit the like button if you're watching on YouTube. Subscribe if you're not already subscribed. Follow me if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google Podcasts or Stitcher. And please leave a five-star review because that's the only way more people will learn about the podcast. But you can also share this podcast with your friends. You can subscribe to get the podcast directly into your email inbox along with the YouTube link and all the show notes and article links that I include in the descriptions and in the show notes directly into your email. And you can invite your friends to subscribe as well. If you're enjoying this show and if you're learning a lot from this show, you are doing your friends a disservice by not sharing it. So please take some time to share this podcast and increase awareness of diverse voices talking about tech, money, and career. Okay, so now that that's out of the way, let's get into the markets. So starting with crypto, it was a wild ride this weekend for crypto. And it's it seems like not that much has changed, but things got really low Saturday and Sunday. But Today is Monday, and right now Bitcoin is at 20,268. It is down 13.58% in the past seven days. But in the past 24 hours, it's up 4.49%. Ethereum is at 1,113. It's down 9.62% over the past seven days and up 6.18% in the past 24 hours. So there was a big rally for crypto this weekend. And disclaimer, all of the hot topics today are crypto related because crypto is going through a crisis and a crash. And also today is a federal holiday. It's Juneteenth. We are are observing Juneteenth. So there really is no business news, right? So there's a lot that went down this weekend that may impact the rally. We will get into that later when I get into the hot topics. So moving on to the S&P 500, since markets aren't open today and they weren't opened um, and they were closed on Friday, I'm just going to give you an update. So as of Friday, the S&P 500 was down 5.79% over the past five days, and the NASDAQ was down 4.78% in the past five days. Will we see a rally tomorrow when markets open like we saw for crypto this weekend? We can only hope, right? Okay, so let's get into the hot topics. So overarching umbrella is that crypto is having a liquidity crisis. And full disclosure, I am a complete finance nerd. My favorite class in college was learning about the history of financial markets and banking. So I'm going to be geeking out pretty hard while I'm going through these news stories, but I'm going to do my best to explain what these terms are. So for example, so liquidity. Okay, if you're a bank and you're so you're in the business of taking people's deposits, which you consider your bank account or your savings account, so that's you essentially giving the bank money, and the bank goes and lends that money, for example, for mortgages or car loans or things like that. So liquidity 
is the amount of cash that you have on hand. So, for example, if Joe and Mary have savings accounts of ten dollars, or sorry, ten thousand dollars, and they want to withdraw their cash, and Becky and Sue also have an an account for a with a hundred thousand dollars, and they want to. Withdraw their cash. You can imagine with all these people with all these different accounts, there is a chance that they all may want to withdraw their money at the exact same time. So the bank is liquid if they can fulfill those obligations to return the money to the people who own those bank accounts. They are illiquid if they cannot. So this overarching umbrella of crypto being in a liquidity crisis, it means that a lot of crypto firms right now do not have enough cash to meet their obligations to the people who have, you know, deposited money with them. And this the the reason why they are low on cash is because the price of crypto has been cut in half. So something similar is happening in the tech industry with valuations going down, and stock prices going down. You're, I've been reporting there are layoffs, there are cutbacks, things like that. Crypto, it's different because it's not necessarily a business, right? They're just in the business of money. So it's actually really interesting to see how crypto is navigating their first major liquidity crisis. Okay, first let's talk about Solend or Solend. I'm not sure how to pronounce it, but it's, they lend money and they're on the Solana change, the the Solana blockchain. So they call it themselves Solend. So the article is from the Block, and the headline is "New Solend Vote Invalidates Governance Decision to Take Over Whale Account." So that probably means nothing to you, but if you've been following. On Twitter this weekend, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because there is so much backstory, I'm going to be reading a lot of this article. Okay, so lend. I quote from the article: A lending and borrowing protocol on Solana has reversed yesterday's controversial DAO decision to take control of its largest user account. A new governance vote has passed that ina- invalidates yesterday's move, with 99% of the vote supporting the new decision. End quote. Let's pause there. Okay, so a DAO—it's a decentralized autonomous organization. I will link in the show notes the episode that I did on DAOs. But basically, Solend is a lending company that runs. Instead of having a LLC, they have a DAO, which is how they govern their business essentially. And there was a vote—a controversial vote yesterday—where they were going to seize control of a, a user's funds. Or a whale because it was very large. That's the crypto term for people who are large holders of crypto. And they now have, and they did that via vote through the DAO. So if you own, like whatever coin they use or token that they use to give you access to the DAO, those people can vote. So yesterday there was a quick vote that voted in favor of seizing a user's funds, and now they have reversed that vote. Okay, I'm going to continue with the article. I quote: This all started when, on Sunday, the Solend team put up a governance vote asking to take over a large user loan in order to prevent an on-chain liquidation event. 
The issue was that an unknown user held a 108 million stablecoin loan collateralized by 5.7 million Solana tokens, which is about 170 million on Solend. The proposal to mitigate risk from the whale noted that the user in question had 95% of the sole deposits in Solend's main pool. The main problem was that if the price of sole dropped to $22.30, $22.30, the whale's account would be liquidated. In its proposal, the Solend team claimed that a liquidation of this size on-chain was risky due to thin liquidity on the lending protocol. End quote. Again, thin liquidity meaning they don't have enough money to give them that Solana that is due, right? Okay, I continue. The team further made the case that if the on-chain liquidation went through, Solend would be at risk of accruing bad debt due to the cascading drop in Sol's value. The team suggested that rather than a protocol liquidation, the loan should be wound up via an over-the-counter deal. The Solend governance system then hurriedly passed a vote that gave the team full power to confiscate the user's position. In this vote, 88% of the voting power came from a single address. Okay, end quote. So basically, and, and this is so crazy because the whole point of crypto is that everything's on the chain. Everything's coded. It's completely decentralized. If whatever, whatever is put into the code, into the smart contract, is what's supposed to happen. They are basically saying, no, we actually want to do this over the counter, which... I mean, for crypto people is using traditional finance or TradFi, like wiring money or whatever. All The whole thing that they are trying to say that they that crypto is a solution for because it's not effective. Okay, I continue. Quote, Later on social media, the governance decision re received a lot of criticism from many commentators who berated the team for undermining the ethos of decentralization. In response, the team today said it took note of the criticism and put up a second proposal seeking to invalidate yesterday's decision. The Dow voted with 99% of votes in favor of invalidating the last proposal. Quote, we've been listening to your criticisms about SLND1 and the way in which it was conducted, the price of Seoul has been steadily increasing, buying us some time to gather more feedback and consider the alternatives, the Solend team wrote." End quote. So I have a couple questions here. First of all, the person who voted, the person who had 88% of the vote, what happened to that person? Because they voted very strong. <laughs> they basically dictated the vote yesterday that they weren't, that they wanted to take the user's money and somehow that was reversed. I don't know if it's because more people were aware of the vote, so they weren't taking up such a large share anymore, or this person works for Solend and realized that they were abusing power. I, I'm, I'm just speculating here. That is not fact. Don't sue me, okay? And... I, I think the article spells it out. Solana has already been criticized for not really being de decentralized. So this going on on Solend is so not a good look. Like, first of all, smart contracts should be irreversible and, and no one should be able to interfere with what's going on with the smart contract. That literally defeats the whole purpose of 
crypto, right? Two, can you really be decentralized if someone can dictate 88% of the vote? Who was that? I really want to know who that was. And three, did is the only <laughs> they voted I feel like the the votes like I'm glad they reversed the vote but at the same time that also goes against what was the point of the first vote if if the media doesn't like the result of the vote that you're just going to reverse it that doesn't make sense and also it seems like the only reason why they were able to do the vote again the second vote is because the price of Solana went up so if their big whole business model, if their whole fundamentals are based on the price of a volatile asset, they need to get a new business model, right? That's that's just my opinion. Okay, moving on. So Voyager, which is another cryptocurrency firm, is to borrow $500 million from Alameda amid insolvency rumors. And this is from Blockworks. So I quote, Cryptocurrency broker Voyager Digital has secured sizable loans from quantitative trading firm Alameda Research to help see it through the current market turmoil. Voyager's line of credit is split into two parts. The first is a $200 million facility combining a mix of cash and circle stablecoin USD. C. The second is a revolving credit facility for 15,000 Bitcoin worth around $309 million as of Monday morning. Each facility expires on December 31st, 2024 and carries an annual interest rate of 5% payable on the date of maturity. The company pursued, this is in quotes, the company pursued this term sheet considering the current crypto market conditions. Voyager announced in a statement on Friday, it will be used to safeguard customer assets against current market volatility and only in the event it is required, the firm added, end quote. So, uh... Basically, I'm realizing that people are borrowing money to buy crypto and not just the average Joe, like actual crypto investment firms are borrowing money to buy a volatile asset. That seems super reckless to me. Also, who is, who is giving them money who is giving them $200 million with a, only a 5% interest rate? This company is in almost insolvent. How, how do they have business credit good enough to get a 5% interest rate? And it's only payable on the date of the maturity, so they don't need to pay on a monthly basis the interest or on an annual basis. It's just when it expires on December 31st, 2024. I'm I'm just taken aback because this is just so reckless. This is so reckless. And anyone who has money right now with like a crypto hedge fund or crypto investment firm, I would ask your account manager, whoever that you talk to, how are you funding this business? Because if it's 100% funded on debt, you're going to be at risk of your your funds being frozen or seized. I mean, it's just a very, um, very, uh, what's the word? Vulnerable position to be in. Okay, 
next is Babel Finance. So Babel Finance announced steps to improve its liquidity situation, and this is from the blog. Quote, crypto financial services firm Babel Finance, which abruptly suspended withdrawals last week, has announced several tips to improve its liquidity situation. Sharing the news with, block, with the block in a statement on Monday, Babel's Finance said it carried out an emergency assessment of its business operations to understand its liquidity status and has also reached, quote, preliminary agreements on the repayment period of some debts, end quote, with majority counterparties and customers, quote, which has eased the company's short-term liquidity pressure, end quote. Today's announcement doesn't mean withdrawals, which were suspended on Friday, because it, it, it was facing, quote, unusual liquidity pressures, end quote, are resumed, however. <sighs> the company says it has actively communicated with shareholders and potential investors and will continue to communicate and obtain liquidity support. Amid reports that Babel Finance has informed partners it's insolvent, a company spokesperson told the, the block that, quote, no, we never told partners that, end quote. When asked whether Babel Finance is facing liquidity issues due to exposure to trouble, troubled crypto head fund Three Hours Capital, the spokesperson said Babel Finance has no business with Three Hours Capital, end quote. So this is another example similar to Celsius, which I talked about last week, which I'm going to talk about again today, uh, where people's money is frozen because the bank or Babel in this case just doesn't have the money to, they, they basically spent their money. I mean, that's, that's what it means to me. It's like they, you gave them money to invest, they spent it and they do not have your money. They, they spent it, they lost it, it's gone. Curious to see how this ends up. Okay, now a quick Celsius update. So I'm gonna quote directly from the Celsius blog. It has been one week since we paused withdrawals, swaps, and transfers. We want our community to know that our objective continues to be stabilizing our liquidity and operations. This process will take time. As has been a priority since our company's inception, we maintain an open dialogue with regulators and officials. We plan to continue working with regulators and officials regarding this pause and our company's decision determination to find a resolution. We are pausing our Twitter spaces and AMAs to focus on navigating these unprecedented challenges and seeking to fulfill our responsibilities to our community. Acting in the interests of our community remains our priority and we will continue to work around the clock. We are grateful for your, con for your continued support, Celsius. So, end quote from the blog post, long story short, they still don't have your money and they don't want you to ask any more questions about it. So they shut down their Twitter spaces and ask me anything. Whew. Okay. That's enough. I'm... At this point, I'm tired. Um, I'm I'm really disappointed in how these firm, firms are managing their funds. But at the same time, if you don't have liquidation or if you don't have regulation, this is going to happen. We should have learned this from the history of the banking crisis as banks were being formed. We need regulation in crypto. Okay. So moving on to the career segment. So I'm back at the office today and I woke up this morning. I wasn't planning on going to the office, but then I thought I really want to go into the office because it's nice. Like, you know, it's, it's a brand new building. Barely anyone's here. And 
you know, all the things I need are right there. I'm walking distance from shopping. It's just, you know, beautiful windows. It's great. If you want to see more of the office, you can go on my TikTok or Instagram. So I want to share my baby steps that I made um, or recommended baby steps to make your way back into the office. If it's something that you want to do, by no means am I pressuring anyone to go in the office, but I have shared that there is a benefit to going to the office, which is less likely to be, be laid off and it's less likely for your manager to assume that you're not working. So baby steps. So make plans to meet a friend for lunch once a week. So this gives you an incentive to go in the office. You know, at least one coworker that you like or are friendly with will be there and you can do your baby steps that way. Also try and do your hair and makeup every morning. If you wear makeup, um, for me, what got me in the spirit of going into office is because I was already doing my hair and makeup for the podcast, which sounds crazy to you, but if you watch me on YouTube, you'll understand why. So yeah, I once I was doing my hair and makeup every morning, it was way less of a jump to go into the office. Also, turn your video on during meetings. Uh, if you just need to, you may just need to get familiar like seeing having your face being seen like i'm someone that lives alone so it's like if someone sees my face it's because you know i intentionally left the house or i intentionally prepared for a video call so if you think about having maybe the one-on-one -on -one with your manager or one-on-one -on -one with your team or you know team huddle or whatever with your camera on it may get you in the spirit of like you know being seen by your coworkers. And I recommend going to all on-site networking events. This can be ERG events, like I talked about last Friday. If they're doing a happy hour or social, like at least go for the free food and free drinks and then you'll get to the office. You'll, you'll be reminded that your coworkers are just other people like you too. And they're not people that you're like, need to be avoiding, right? Okay, so what am I geeked out about this week? I'm running long today, so I'm, I'm gonna be as brief as I can, but right now I am in recession addy mode. I noticed that you know a lot of my friends were canceling plans. I'm not saying it's due to gas prices or, or food prices or inflation or whatever, but I, we weren't, no one was canceling plans before and now they are, so. These are things that I'm doing to, um, now that we're in a recession, um, maybe, that I'm cutting back on. So my nails. So typically for a while I was doing acrylic nails when COVID started. Acrylic nails can run you anywhere from you know $70 to $200 um, or more. And I was doing that maybe like once a month and I have now gone back to regular manicures. And when I don't have time to like, you know, touch up my polish, I have been using these press on nails, like to cover me in the meantime. So now I'm reducing my nails expense, you know, it's my nails expense is now a fraction of what it was before. Um, hair, I changed my hair enough on YouTube for you guys to know that I obviously am not always wearing my natural hair. I don't think I've ever showed my natural hair on YouTube. Actually, I do have a like a short or a, a TikTok or Instagram where I do like a before and after thing. But um, yeah, I'm buying synthetic hair. Um, I'm not buying human hair. That may sound really weird to you if you're not a black woman, but um, this podcast, there are a lot of people listening to it.
Okay, uh, carpooling. So as you know, I don't have a car. So I, if I'm going to Uber, I live on the north side of Atlanta. If I'm going to Uber to the south side, I can find a friend in the middle in Midtown and Uber together with them. So I'm like saving half on my Uber. I'm also eating out less, which is something that I don't really like doing. I, I mean, I love food, but I don't like to eat out that much because I like to know what's going into my food. So now I have an, ex uh, an easy re excuse as to why I'm not eating out as much. Um, that being said, if you like eating out, I'm not telling you to stop eating out. I'm just talking about based on my personal preferences, what I'm doing. I also love that it's like we're kind of returning to more like at-home kickbacks. Like I have a pool, so, you know, that's free. It's like BYOB, bring your own snacks, and then you can hang out in my pool. Um, you know, I have friends who are hosting game nights, and it kind of like gets us to return to what matters. I don't know if you've been to Atlanta before, but Atlanta is very much about like going out, getting a section, buying a bottle, all that kind of stuff. And you may not even have a good time there. And after you paid for parking, cover, drinks, food, et cetera, like it's a lot. So I'm in the place where I'm building relationships and establishing connections here in Atlanta. So I think that is easier to do at someone's house as opposed to going out. Okay, I know I went, I went 10 minutes over today, but I had a lot to discuss. I hope you have a great day. Happy Juneteenth if you're celebrating, and I'll see y'all later.